the oil and gas industry, the home of innovation, cutting-edge technology, and the extraordinary people who make it all happen. Together, we're powering the world. Here are the stories of business builders who are leading the way in the energy sector. This is Zebra Marketing Solutions Oil and Gas Business Builders Podcast, where we explore the real experiences of today's leaders in business growth with key takeaways to start implementing right now in our own companies. And now here is your host, Laura Kamrath. Welcome to the Oil and Gas Business Builders Podcast. I'm Laura Kamrath, your host today, and I'm founder and CEO of Zebra Marketing Solutions. And welcome to my guest, Ken Tubman. Thank you for joining us, Ken. Thanks. Happy to be here. Awesome. So, uh, Ken, you're the current president of the SEG, the Society of Exploration Geophysicists. And so that's, that's really cool. We're here at NAEP traditionally financial and legal business-related conference. And it's really cool to see that Nate has invited the SEG. We've got the AAPG here as well. And I know you guys, SEG and AAPG, are now partnering for the Image Conference. And of course, American Association of Petroleum Geologists and the Society of Exploration Geophysicists are the more technical, scientific communities. And here we're more of a business related community so that is pretty cool to see the partnerships see uh you guys participating let me tell you listeners let me tell you a little bit about ken so ken has spent more than 35 years in the energy industry he currently serves as chairman of the board of direct sa exploration a leading seismic acquisition company. He also works with multiple startup companies, serving as chairman of the advisory committee for CloudStream Medical Imaging, advisor to Revochem. How do you say that? Yes, that's right, Revochem Ex- and, and Zrathis. Zrathis. It's, it's an online collaboration. <laughs> okay, so Zrathis, which is X-R-A-T-H-U-S, Correct. and other companies. He has held senior positions within ConocoPhillips, including Vice President Geoscience and Reservoir Engineering, Vice President Subsurface Veritas DGC, as Senior Vice President Veritas Hampson Russell, Vice President of Geoservices, and Marathon Oil as Vice President of Technical Innovation. He started his career with ARCO and has held various technical and management positions in the central functions and business units. A common thread through most of his career is involvement in technology delivery and development. So Ken holds a PhD in geophysics from Massachusetts Institute of Technology and a bachelor's in physics from the University of Massachusetts. Oh, you're a UMass grad. I am a UMass I'm a grad. Mount Holyoke grad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Not don't uh, come across people from that part too often yeah. in this industry, but so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, once in a while. Once in a while. I think hey. in the industry in my uh, 35, 40, maybe 100 years. I've come mm-hmm. across one other graduate from UMass. So oh, really? That, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, not that many. Wow. But uh, you do mention NAEP and the, and the differences, and SEG and APG and APL, American Association of Petroleum Landmen, we've been putting this on. APL takes the lead, but together the three organizations have been putting this on for a while as a partnership, and it's a great event. As you pointed out, we are a bit more on the technical side, and so that's actually one of the advantages to give our members a different view of the industry and a different different types of interactions. And we hope we can bring some different things here. For example, yesterday, 
our executive director led a session on core space and who owns the core space. So it's a bit of a technical issue, a lot of a legal issue and a bit of a business issue. And it was uh, well attended and very active questioning with some people who are clearly dealing with this situation now. And the questioning went on sort of twice as long as we had anticipated. Wow. Uh, so it's a, it's a different perspective. And that's one of the things we get out of working with other societies is that bringing in different perspectives, which is really good for all involved. Yeah. So was there any consensus about who owns the core, the core space? Well, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but uh, the consensus was this is an area that needs more work. We'd <laughs> like some legislative consistency. That would really help. And there's still a lot of issues that need to be resolved because we have some governments who are trying to lay down some rules, but it's still pretty early. Some have moved ahead of others, and there's some, uh, a lot of debate still. Uh, but we had three really good panelists, uh, lawyers, who really understood the issues and lots of good debate. Interesting. So Ken, tell me a little bit about how did you, so you started your career with ARCO. How did you start in the, I mean, you came from UMass, University of Massachusetts. And Massachusetts, which, you know, I come from the same part of the, the world. It's not a common thing really to get into oil and gas yeah that's for sure from there so it's, it's funny i was just talking to someone about that so where i went to school no one at umass no one knew what the oil industry was and i didn't either you know my the extent of my experience with oil and gas was putting gas in my car and uh, i was studying physics as an undergrad and i had a roommate who was a geologist and i found it pretty interesting so he advised me to take some you know, I asked him what classes I could take to learn a bit more. Unfortunately, uh, he, he suggested I start with mineralogy, nah. which, you know, is not exactly a base level geology class. So it wasn't a smart way to start. Oh, yeah, I remember start. mineralogy. Yeah, it wasn't a smart <laughs> way to start. So I could do the crystal structure. But when we came to the memorizing rocks, I was kind of lost. Oh, yeah. So I poked around a little bit and I found a professor who was doing a bit in geophysics. And I found that interesting. So I, I did some things with her and uh, had some interest. And said, well, you know, unlike today's students who seem to have it all mapped out, I said, that looks cool. I'll give it a try. So I applied to grad school. Again, still not knowing about the oil industry, uh, but got accepted into a program where now all of a sudden a lot of the funding and a lot of the activity was around oil and gas. And so then it became natural. I got on to projects after a few years, uh, really started in borehole geophysics, sponsored by first a few companies who had specific problems and then a consortium of 25 companies. So I suddenly got exposed to lots of different companies, lots of different activities they were doing. And then going into oil and gas became pretty natural. I haven't really looked back and certainly haven't regretted it. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's good. So, so now you're president of the SEG. That's yeah. exciting. So, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of buzz, just people talking about the demographics of the industry. I'm sure you see a lot of this as a, certainly a society president now. We've got a lot of folks who are getting towards retirement and you know a lot of them are the business owners the business leaders and the people with the experience to me it seems like oil and gas has become kind of an unpopular industry to go into first of all just for pr reasons that you know we get a bad rap just for obvious reasons and then also i think it's a little worrisome to, to young people, the, the cyclical nature of the industry, which people have different opinions on. 
whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But you know, when it when the industry is down, it can be a, a rough place to be career wise. So, what do you think about that? Well, okay, so there's a lot there. <laughs> and uh, you know, as for the cyclical nature of the industry, that's certainly the case. And I admit, I just take it for granted. You know, I was at Arco for 16 years, for example. That's my first layoff. Started six months after I started in the industry. It started early and it came off. Uh, Arco <laughs> was really good at sending people to other companies. Uh, but the good side of that was when Arco finally sold to BP, we looked around, and pretty much everybody left was really strong contributor and it was a team that had been weeded pretty strongly and you looked around it's like these, these are people i'm going to work with anywhere and uh, most of those people did well and managed to stay in the industry so although when i talk to people and they go well what about the ups and downs you know what if you love the industry and you're doing well and you're contributing you'll find something yeah. and and i found that's always the case some people say it's not worth it and they want to leave fine but i've always managed to find something through the ups and downs and when it's up it's really good and when it's down yeah that's when when it really shows what you're made of it's easy to manage when things are flowing well and you should take pride in getting through the tough times that's the way i look at it as for the demographics you know there's too many people in our society who look like me uh, <laughs> i think our average age is 58 and that's a problem it's one of the things i really like about the collaboration with nate at this meeting the peak demographics, I think, is 35 to 45 or 35 to 45. That's the largest age group. It's really good. We struggle with that a little bit more in our society, but it's why we're trying to do some things. We know we need to change. SEG is trying to go through a transformation now. And so what we mean by that is being more collaborative, more digital, more inclusive. And by inclusive, I mean we need more younger members. We need more members from around the globe. Most of our members are outside the United States, but Really what I'd like to get is more leadership, more strong voices from outside the U.S. People in the U.S. are used to speaking up. They're used to saying, well, you know, we're local. We're going to get involved. We're going to do things. And we want to we want to be more global in terms of that leadership. And lots of bad things out of the pandemic. But one of the good things is we're all used to Zoom and Teams and being remote. So all our board meetings are just about all of them are remote. So I don't care where you are. You can hop on a Zoom, and that's what's happening. We've learned to schedule them early in the morning. So the people in Asia, it's not too bad for them. We have a board member who routinely dials in from Singapore. So it works. And one of my favorite things to say, I'm really tired of old white guys telling me what the young people want. Uh -huh. So when I try to talk to young people and say, okay, what do you want? Tell me what you want. And we have some of them speak up. You know, We had a few who spoken up and said, well, you need to connect differently said, okay, how should we connect? Some said, you, you need some online communities. I'm like, great, will you do it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have a woman in her 30s who's now living in Canada. She immigrated there from Iran. And so she's created a great online community for us. And in the manner of a few months, we have uh, about a thousand members. It's open to anybody. Uh, obviously we'd love for them to join SEG, but we're just trying to make the connections. We've already looked at the demographics, it shifts way lower and way more global than our current membership so this is the way we want to go yeah. and so we have to adjust and to me the way to adjust is not for me to say this is what young people want but for the young people to step up and take control so we're trying to do that as much as we can so hopefully people old people are welcome to join also <laughs> uh, but uh, we, we have found we have to do a lot of remedial training on how to join slack 
<laughs> but uh, whereas the, the young folks do it naturally. So. Yeah. Well, that's a really good point of, you know, focusing on community, focusing on, you know, responding to younger people where they're used to interacting. Yeah. And look, we take for granted, we can come to NAEP and, and we can go to the party tonight, right? because uh, my kids are grown and out of the house, they're not gonna miss me, right? But a yeah. lot of the younger members now, they have kids at home, and if it's a trade-off, they have to go home, or they wanna go home, and, and help with the kids. Yeah. Uh, and so having that party at night is not the best way to network, but they're happy to dial online afterwards. So we have to make it easy for them. Yeah. So Ken, do you have any thought leaders or resources that you really follow the Oil and Gas Business Builders podcast, you know, I started this podcast to help serve as a resource to people yeah. who are growing businesses in oil yeah. and gas and who are looking to do business in oil and gas. Do you have any resources you recommend for people who are looking to do business? It's a really good question. You know, my neighbor actually runs a small business. He has a booth here. It's really cool. So I get to talk to him about his business and how things are going. But podcasts are, are great. You know, I like to put my AirPods in and listen as I'm walking the dog. There's a lot of good resources. There's the Digital Wildcatters. I like your podcast. So there are a lot of great resources. But I think events like this also let people connect in different ways and get into, even in online communities and, and start to ask questions and ask and say, I have a specific question. How would you do this? And that's the kind of dialogues you can get at events like this that are, are really hard to, to do, right? But I also think that getting involved in some of our societies, whether it's AAPG, where uh, an SCG or AAPL that, that all have different perspectives to those problems. And it's a way to get involved and network in ways that you can't just do on by going to a quote networking event, right? I mean, I find that what people miss sometimes is, is they think network is going to a party at night and exchanging business cards. But one of the things we as societies thinks we can offer to people coming into the industry, it's a to me, networking is working with someone and demonstrating to them you can make a commitment and follow through on it. And when you've shown someone that and then they need something, they know they can rely on you. And societies are a great safe way to do that. It's safe because, let's be honest, your uh, income doesn't depend on what you do in volunteering. But it's a great way to meet people, a variety of people in different organizations do some project, organize an event like this, organize a workshop or put together a publication and fulfill your commitments and learn who's there with you uh, and show them that you'll fulfill it. And that translates over in, into work areas, right? I have, I've worked with people who I volunteered with. I volunteer with people I've worked with. And it's a different way to build the relationship. So that's one of the things I think we can do. So that's a resource. A little different maybe than what you were asking about. There's certainly a lot of great podcasts uh, where you can hear people telling their story, but it's also great to have people you can tap into for you're trying to build your own story. How are you going to do that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I guess uh, we've got a yeah someone moving some sort of moving truck behind us. Sorry, listeners. Or um, maybe it's a warning about what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that that's a really good point to get involved, participating. Yeah. You know, you form relationships with people that you might not just form at quick networking that's right, events that's or right. something, and you really get to know people. You also learn things you might not have learned otherwise yeah. through the connections and the relationships that you make. Yeah, so, I, and it's one thing 
hearing someone's story in a bio they chose to write yeah. as opposed to being able to interactively probe that a little more. Well, yeah. what did you actually do with that? How right. did you get that first position? Right. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you for your time. I'm sure you're busy meeting everyone and networking and yourself networking. today. Yep, yep. So it's been a pleasure talking to you and hearing about your experience. And I look forward to staying in touch. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, I'm glad you invited me. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, happy to be here. Well, thanks a lot. Okay, good. Okay. Thanks for listening to Zebra Marketing Solutions Oil and Gas Business Builders Podcast. Join our Oil and Gas Business Builders groups on LinkedIn and Facebook and see our videos on YouTube and on OGBBmedia.com. Visit ZMSEnergyMarketing.com to learn more about how we can help you and your business design and implement a marketing strategy to retain and attract customers, grow revenues, and gain market share. Join us on the next episode for more great takeaways from business builders who are leading the way in the energy sector.